Uh, Lord, be with those that are traveling. I, I, I want to just special prayer this morning for Terry uh, and Stephanie as they're heading back from Florida. Lord, just be with him, uh, Lord, and uh, just pray for healing for him, uh, God. And it's just a very serious situation. So we just pray for him. And all of our brothers and sisters that are on vacation and traveling this week. Uh, Lord, we love you this morning. I'm thankful to be here. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple of minutes this morning. Welcome, everyone.
Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. You may be seated. I got some Bibles to pass out this morning. Abby and Paige, get on up here. Abby first. It says, Abigail Spencer. Congratulations. This is for baptism. Paige, congratulations. Hold on. Do you guys have anything you want to say about your baptism? No? No way. Okay, I didn't think so. Thank you, girls. Congratulations. All right. Women's uh, ministry announcements. Let's cover that. Valerie, do you want to come up here and talk about the Women of Faith uh, mission trip? Not a mission trip, but a conference, right? All right, ladies, um, you guys asked for it. We're going to do another women's retreat this fall. Well, late summer. It's August 24th through the 26th. It's a Thursday through a Saturday. And we have rented a house in Branson, and we're going to go see Shepherd of the Hills, and we're going to go through the Defiant Joy. Um, it's a six-session normally, but we're going to kind of condense it down into three it's by Candace Payne, if you want to do some research. I don't know if any of you guys know who Chewbacca Mom is. Um, I got the honor to, Chewbacca myself Mom. and Lillian got the honor of listening to her talk um, back in April. Is that right? And uh, it was just amazing to, to hear her testimony and what God has done through her and just a silly video on YouTube. But um, there's a whole lot more to her than just what you see on that video. So... Um, it's $145 per person, and that covers quite a bit of your food, and it covers going to Shepherd of the Hills as well as your, your stay. Um, spots are limited. We only have 16 spots because the house we rented, that's as big as we could get. So um, get signed up, get your money in, and that'll hold your spot. So uh, we're really excited about it. It should be a good time. A fellowship allows us to kind of go inward, get to know each other, and form some bonds that sometimes it's hard to do whenever you have a church this size. So we're excited about it. We hope to have you. Good deal. And you said Shepherd of the Hills? So if you've never been to Shepherd of the Hills, it's it's an amazing play. I, it, it really is a lot of fun. And we went, last time we went, Sierra was probably what, two or three? Three? Three maybe? And at the open, I'm not going to give away the play, but there's the, and we got pretty good seats. We're like on the front row, and somebody, she had a big bowl of popcorn in her lap, and somebody shot one of those shotguns right in front of us, and that popcorn flew about 30 feet up in the air. <laughs> it is, it's a really neat play if you've never been uh, to the Shepherd of the Hill. So do we want to pass this around one more time? Okay, ladies, sign up one more time. Sign up, ladies, for that. Uh, you'll have a good time. Okay, uh, announcements. Today's the big day. Rain or shine. Uh, I know Jody and Bridget, like they were up like, I don't know, all night, most of the night, all day yesterday, smoking a whole bunch of food. So today is the day for outreach. We, we need the rain. And so I'm not going to pray that it doesn't rain because I know our farmers need the rain. So rain or shine, we're going to be at the park at a highway between one and four. Mike, do you got anything you want to add on that? We have plenty of volunteers and come out, eat lunch with us. If it rains, there's a pavilion that we can stand under. We'll have tables up. I'll be sharing the gospel with people. 
So come out this afternoon, hang out. It'll be a fun afternoon. Mike's bringing the message this afternoon. We're going to share the gospel with people in our community. That's the whole goal. We went out uh, Tuesday and Friday this week and passed out flyers, and so it's all already um, ready for that. Wednesday nights, if you're a visitor today, maybe you don't come on Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights we have dinner at 6 o'clock. We have classes every Wednesday night at 6.30 so, or 6.45. So dinner from 6 to 6.45, classes at 6.45. Come on Wednesday nights. We have a really good time. Uh, on the Empty Nesters announcement, we are going to the Sight and Sound Theater in Branson on Saturday, June 24th. Uh, Denny and Roxy have already ordered the tickets, but if you still want to go, you can. You'll just have to buy your own ticket for that day. And hopefully you could set with us, but I don't know how all that works. But it's $68 a person, but uh, it's Saturday, June 24th at 7.30 uh, p.m. 7.30 p.m. Shower trailer, I want to announce this again. Every Tuesday at Springfield headquarters uh, on Kearney Street for Freeway Springfield at 9.15 a.m., they have the shower trailer. Mike, you want me to add anything on that? Just come and serve. 9.15, you can share the gospel. It's a ministry where they have a shower trailer set up and, and people that are homeless get a shower, a, a fresh change of clothes. They talk to them about Christ. They talk to them about freeway. It's a great opportunity to share the gospel uh, and to minister to people, to show hospitality to people who normally don't get it shown to them. And that's what we're going to talk about today um, in the sermon. So VBS, this is quickly approaching. Do we have any open positions for VBS or are they filled? Okay, good. Uh, VBS is June 19th through the 22nd. Invite people, invite kids to come to VBS that week. We'll have dinner every night at 6 o'clock. And classes are from 6.30 to 8.30. It's June 19th through the 22nd, so not this Monday, but the following Monday. So we'll be here every night that week, Monday through Thursday. That Wednesday night, we won't have normal classes. Uh, it'll be VBS-focused. So if you would still like to help with the kids, you can come and help. Make sure you have a background check, I, I guess, if they're teaching classes, but even if you don't have one, you can come and help out uh, for sure. You just can't teach one of the kids' classes, so... Uh, there's that. And then I also want us to pray for Trey and Savannah. Uh, today they are in Licking, Missouri. He is going back to his hometown where he, he was really ornery and got in a lot of trouble with the law there. And he's going back there to his hometown and sharing the gospel today and going to be talking to them about what he's going to be doing in Florida. Uh, they're going away party because he's going to be the new freeway director in Florida, which is, guys, it's a mission of the church that we raise up leaders and send them out. That's like what we're supposed to do. And so I'm really excited about that. Trey and Savannah's going away party is Sunday, July 2nd. Sunday, July 2nd, after the morning service, we'll have a meal uh, and do that. So any other announcements? I don't think I forgot anything. I do have certificates to hand out for discipleship. I'm going to do that in a couple weeks because a couple of them aren't here. Um, but discipleship, I want to plug that real quick. Discipleship's important. If you've never been discipled, please come see us. Get plugged in with somebody to do discipleship. Any other, anything I forgot? Women's coffee this Wednesday? Okay, women's coffee Wednesday at 8.30 a.m. at Grillo's, ladies. And then, yes, men's, um, men's prayer breakfast is next Saturday. Next Saturday morning at Grillo's is men's prayer breakfast. I forgot to put that on there, but it's every third Saturday at 8 a.m., so we'll have that. Uh, Michael will be leading that. Okay, if you would stand this morning, let's take up our morning offering and have a, uh, a time of worship before we jump into God's Word together. So let's bless our morning offering. Lord Jesus, I thank you again that we're here, uh, Lord, to worship you. And 
And that is a part of that is uh, giving. And so, Lord, take this offering this morning. Use it to further your kingdom, God. The gospel will be shared all over the world, near and far, and in our own community. And, uh, Lord, by giving back to you, we, just, we, we show that we're just being stewards. So let us be good stewards this morning. We love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen.
Kids can go down to Children's Church this morning if they'd like to. If you would, turn in your Bibles to 3 John. 3 John. It is one page. This is one of these Bible drill books that when they, they hand this one out, you're like, oh no. But if you remember, it's in the back of your Bible, right before Jude and Revelation. It's not that big of a deal, but it's only one page. And it's uh, 15 verses. 3 John 1 through 15. It says this, the elder to my beloved, well, if you would, Ace told you to sit down, I'll have you stand, if you would. Let's honor God's word together. Third John, here we go. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be good, it may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like this, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. I have written something to the church. But a diatrees, I believe that's how you pronounce it, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us, and not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil is, has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had much, much to write to you, but I would rather not write with pen and ink. I hope to see you, see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends, each by name. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, uh, for this book, for this very short book. Um, but it's about hospitality, and it's how to treat of people and welcoming them in and not welcoming them in and um, and so Lord I pray that we learn something this morning I pray that there is clarity and that uh, these verses and other verses cannot be twisted to, to mean something that it doesn't uh, and, and Lord I, I pray that we are a church that shows each other hospitality that we show brothers and sisters hospitality and that Lord we even go out of our way to love people that society doesn't and we show them love and care and hospitality uh, in everything we do, God, we want to love you and honor you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So I want to thank Mike Simons again. I always like to do this, but I really appreciate him last week uh, bringing the word. And uh, it really challenged me from the moment I saw the title of the sermon to uh, get in 
people's business when we need to. Uh, and people need to get in my business and be there for one another and hold each other accountable. And uh, so I really appreciate that. Uh, we've been preaching through uh, the book of John, and then we went to 1 John, 2 John, and now we're in 3 John. And this, it is a short book. Um, and as we were going through the books of 1 and 2 John, there's kind of been a constant theme throughout them. One is standing on the truth of who Jesus is, not following false teaching, not following uh, or falling for, for false doctrine, but standing on the truth of who Christ is, following uh, false, uh, not to follow false teaching. Second John starts talking about hospitality and how we should deal with uh, other followers of Christ and how we should treat them, how we should not be hospitable to people who are teaching a false gospel, that there can't be uh, a mix between light and darkness. What place does Christ have with Satan? It doesn't. Uh, and so we, we talked about, if you remember several weeks ago, who not to welcome into your home and support. Uh, and that would be people that are teaching a false gospel. Uh, and today I want to cover what we're getting taught now about who to support and who to welcome and, and, and how these verses can be taken totally out of context in our society. And I hope to bring some clarity to that. Uh, but we see in John, in 3 John here, that John is writing to a friend and fellow believer named Gaius. And, and what he's doing starting off is he is encouraging them. He's commending him. He's encouraging him for walking in the truth. And who would that truth be? He's telling him, he's commending them for walking in the truth of Christ, of who Jesus is, the truth of that. And he says this, he says, I love this verse, he has no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. I love that, because I don't think there's any greater joy in life than when you see people, not only your own children, but people that you've discipled and you've poured into and that you're brothers and sisters with, when you see them walking in the truth of who Christ is and living that out in their life, there I don't think there is a greater joy. Uh, for, for parents in here, when your children are followers of Christ, it does bring great joy uh, into your life. And then in verse 5, he, he commends him for his actions in his support for other brothers. But he says, who are strangers. So what that tells us is he doesn't know them personally. He doesn't have a personal relationship with them. Uh, that he, he may not even know them on a name-by-name -name basis, but he knows that they're for the kingdom. He knows that they're, they are spreading the truth of Jesus. And so he's supporting them. He's encouraging them. He is supporting them financially. He's welcoming, welcoming them into his home. Uh, and so it really begs the question to us today is who should we support and who should we welcome in? I want to get down to this word hospitality. I've talked about it several times, but hospitality is defined as the quality or disposition of reaching and treating guests and strangers in a warm, friendly, or generous way. The Greek word in the New Testament literally means love of strangers. Love of strangers. So what John is commending Gaius for doing here in this passage, this isn't a new concept in Scripture. Uh, it was found all the way back in the Old Testament, in Levitical law. Uh, if you want to, we're going to put a lot of verses up here this morning. We're not going to read all of them, but I want them for reference. Uh, if you turn to Leviticus chapter 19, Leviticus chapter 19, verses 33 through 34. I want to build this, this, not this case, but build this that 
this is what, what John is commending him for was commanded uh, in the Old Testament by God to the Israelites. So Leviticus 19, 33 and 34, it says this, When a stranger sojourns with you in your land, you shall not do him wrong. You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. <coughs> Excuse me. I am the Lord your God. Okay, so what was he commanding the Jews to do, the Israelites to do? He's commanding them that if a sojourner was to be welcomed in and loved. So it kind of it, it brings up a little bit of a question. What is that? What is that? Because And we also, uh, we also see this verse. Before I get to that, th- this verse is completely taken out of context in our society today. It's a verse cited by many people to say that we should have open borders. That we should open the borders up and everybody should come in and let, let them live and come, uh, come and live amongst us. And we should take care of them and feed them and support them and clothe them. Well, there's an error in that. There's an error in using this verse out of context. For one, Jesus and God is talking to the Israelites, and it's a command for them. But we are commanded to love people. But there's a word in here that most people don't know what it means. What is the definition of sojourn or sojourner? That's what we need to look at. You know what it means? It means somebody who is temporarily to stay somewhere temporarily. A temporary stay or to stay somewhere temporarily. In our country today, we are a country of laws. If you break a law, you are held accountable. If you cross the border illegally, you should be prosecuted. I have some land up the road from my house that I bought about a year ago. And some of my neighbors, I don't know if Steve's here this morning, but he's one of my neighbors. He's not, okay. But but he's one of my neighbors, and he was started tell me it's really nice it's all it's 20 acres of woods and there's some trails through it and I've got the trails where they're big enough you could drive a truck back through there we, you can take four wheelers back there it's just a beautiful spot to go out of the sun it's, it's just a really pretty area and me and we'll go hunting back there and stuff and I was told by some neighbors that there are some people that have been driving back through there and like all hours of the day and night and I'm like well I'm not I haven't told anybody that they could go drive back through there and so they told me about it, and they said, well, you want us to keep watching? And I said, yeah. And I said, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post it that it's, there's, no, there's no trespassing. Now, if one of my brothers or sisters said, hey, can I go cut a load of wood? I'd let you go cut a load of wood. I'd let you drive your kids back through there. But I'm just not going to open my property up for people to drive back in there and, and have a bonfire and drink a case of beer and, and shoot up drugs or whatever else they're doing back there. We're just not going to do that. So I painted some of the trees, big purple squares on the trees, and I bought some no honey, no trespassing purple tape, and I marked some of the trees off. And so what I'm telling people when they drive by and they see that is, hey, I'm not allowed to be on this property unless I have permission. And if somebody ignores that and they say, well, I'm just going to go on the property and do whatever I want, I'm going to call my good buddy Sheriff Cole, and he's going to come out and tell him, look, you're, you're going to get a warning for trespassing, or he may just write him a ticket. Because it's against the law for them to cross into my property without my permission. Just like I can't go to your house and just walk in your front door and sit down on your couch and make myself at home. Now you may invite me in to do that, but if I just do that on my own, you could shoot me. You'd throw me out, right? Shoot me maybe a little far, but yeah, you see what I'm saying. So it's the same way. If we have a border and you want to cross it, 
There's a legal way to get to the United States. There's a legal way to do it. You apply and you become a legal citizen. Now, if you're a refugee and you're leaving, there's also a legal way that you can stay in the country. But in the Bible, so we can't use this verse out of context to say, well, we should just open our borders and let everyone in. I'm not trying to chase rabbits. I know I did just a little bit, but I want to clarify here. In the Bible, a sojourner was someone that was traveling through an area temporarily. Temporarily. And when God said, if there's somebody traveling through temporarily, welcome them in. Welcome them in. What God didn't say was to welcome them into your land, let them take over, do what they want, change who they worship, how they worship. In fact, God commanded the Israelites to not do that. He told them over and over and over not to intermarry with people of other cultures or lost people that worship false gods. He said, don't marry people from other religions and other nations. Why? Because they're going to corrupt who you worship. Just like if somebody came to me in marriage counseling and said, hey, I really am in love with this person. I'm a follower of Christ, but they are a Muslim. Would you marry us? My answer would be, no, no, no. Because one person's lost and one person's saved, okay? No, and so God commanded them, sorry, here's a whole bunch of verses on this. And you can read them later on. I'm not going to take the time to read them this morning, but I wanted to have them on here. I will read one. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7. God's not sending us mixed signals here in this. You may, it maybe sounds like, well, man, this is kind of confusing. Who do we welcome in? Who do we not? But he's not. He's not sending us mixed, mixed, mixed signals. Deuteronomy, he's not a God of, or an author of confusion. Deuteronomy 7, 1 through 6 says this. When the Lord your God brings you into the land that you are entering to take possession of it and clears away the many nations before you, the Hittites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivazites, and the Jebusites, seven nations more numerous and mightier than you, and when the Lord your God gives them over to you and you defeat them, then you must devote them to complete destruction. You shall make no covenant with them and show no mercy to them. You shall not intermarry with them, giving your daughters to their sons or taking their daughters for your sons. For they would turn away your sons from following me to serve other gods. Then the anger of the Lord would be kindled against you, and he would destroy you quickly. But thus you shall deal with them. You shall break down their altars and dash in pieces their pillars and chop down their ashram and burn their carved images with fire. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you. For you were the fewest of all peoples. So God actually commands them, don't get involved with that. Don't do that because they're going to turn you away from worshiping God. Even in the New Testament, we can read this. Go to 2 Corinthians 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through 18. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. 
It says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Bielo? For what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord. And do not touch any unclean thing. Then I will welcome you. And I will be your father to you. And you will be my sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. So we see, guys, this, this, thought, this, this idea of Christian hospitality that we're commanded, we are. We're supposed to be hospitable. In fact, if you look at the, the definitions or the qualifications for an elder, you know what they say in Timothy and Titus? Hospitality. Be hospitable. They can absolutely be misapplied in our country, in our society, to promote sin and illegal activity. And that's not what God has intended for this at all. In fact, let me say, countries with open borders, you look at Europe, the Muslim population in Europe has drastically expanded in the last several years with their open border policies. It is estimated that in the next 30 to 50 years, there will be 17 countries in Europe controlled by majority Muslim populations. You know what comes with that? Sharia law. You know anything about Sharia law? If you don't, look it up and read about it. It's not good. It's not pleasant. Study up. Why cover this? Why talk about this this morning in hospitality? Because that's what's being pushed by lost people in the United States right now. It's being pushed by even some Christians saying, well, we just have to open everything up and this is what God commanded us to do. It's a misapplication of Scripture. It's a misapplication. So what do we see? Where do we see hospitality in Scripture? Where do we see this? Because, hey, if I want to know how I should live my life as a believer, where do I have to look? Scripture. So where do we see it? Turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. I know we had a lot of verses this morning, but there's just a lot here. Luke 10, 25 through 37. And behold, a lawyer stood up to him and put him to the test, saying, Teacher, with what shall, I do, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. Oof. Now, if I stop there, can anybody, has anybody ever loved the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and loved your neighbor as yourself? Only Jesus. Only Jesus. So Jesus is saying, well, you want to go to heaven, keep the whole law. Uh, he can't. He can't keep the whole law. Just keep going. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell amongst robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. 
Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell amongst the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Wow. Okay. So what do we see here? We see a Samaritan go out of his way to help someone in need. In fact, he went out of his way to help someone in need that would have been his enemy. Because Jews and Samaritans hated one another. So when the priest saw this, maybe he just came from the temple. He can't touch it. He didn't want to help the guy. He had too, too many places to go. Levite, same thing. Can't help him. But the Samaritan, who is supposed to be the guy's enemy, is the one who helped him. Wow. That is the definition of hospitality. That is hospitality. He, people, people went going out of their way to help those in need. Going out of their way to help those in need. People even showed Jesus and his disciples hospitality. In fact, they relied on that. They depended upon that when they were going around doing ministry. They didn't have houses to live in. We see that in scripture. Matthew 10, 9 and 10, Jesus told them, Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey, nor two tunics or sandals or a staff, for the laborer deserves his food. So what, what did the disciples and Jesus do? They went from town to town, depending upon the people that agreed with them and believed in who Jesus was to supply their needs for them, to take care of them, to welcome them in, to help them. We see the early church. The early church received hospitality from each other. In Acts chapter 2, 44 through 45, it says, All who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. So who, who do we show hospitality to? Each other, the brothers and sisters in Christ, and those in need. You, you take care of people. You help people. We're a church that reaches out. That we want to be a, a people that reach out and help each other. And here's the other thing. I found this very interesting as I was reading on this. You know you never might know. You just never know who you may be ministering to or showing hospitality to. You know what Hebrews chapter 13 says? It was amazing. It says, Hebrews 13 too says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Hmm. That makes me think that that guy on the street corner that says I'm hungry or I'm thirsty could be an angel. Could be an angel. That needs, that it's a chance for us to minister to, that, to, the, to them. Wow, you never know. In fact, we see this in scripture. You know, Abraham, Abraham entertained Jesus and, and two angels. In Genesis 18, three of them walk up to his tent. A Abraham's old in age, and he's wealthy. If you read it in Genesis 18, he could have had anybody take care of them. But what did Abraham do? He got up. And he made them bread, and Sarah, and they cooked a meal for him, and they took care of him. And who was it? It was the Lord Jesus. It was the Lord Jesus. Abraham gave the best of himself. As it turned out, he had entertained the Lord and two angels. So you know what? It made me think of this. You never know who you could be ministering to. You never know. It, it made me think of an old song, old country song, about what if Jesus comes back like that. Now, Jesus is not going to come back as someone who's homeless, okay? But it makes you think about who 
we're ministering to when we have the opportunity to. That's hospitality. That's what hospitality is. It's showing love to strangers. Now, it's not, listen, it's not, it's not going along with sin. I'm not preaching two different messages here. It's not going along and helping someone in sin. If someone is sinful and they've entered our country illegally, like we, we can't support that. We don't support that. We can't support that. Romans chapter 13 says we can't. We can't. We, we have, we're a country of laws. But I want to tell you, if, if someone's a stranger and they need your help and they're hungry, feed them. I don't think we can ever, we, we can't be overly cautious on this. We, we should be ones that go out and help. Because why? Here's the last thing. Hospitality is a hallmark of being a follower of Christ. This is, this is a trademark of being a follower of Christ. Turn to Matthew chapter 25. In fact, Jesus says so. And these are some hardcore verses right here I'm about ready to read. It's the last set of verses. Matthew 25, 34 through 40. Matthew 25, 34 through 40. It says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared from you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty. And you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison, you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see, a, see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick in prison and visit you? And the king will answer him, truly I say to you, as you did to the, one of the least of these, my brothers... You did to me. Whew. Wow. So how we treat people who, are, who need us, who are hungry. Now listen, I, it's hard because when he's preaching this, when Jesus is teaching this, the world's very different from America 2023 than it was when Jesus was teaching this. When Jesus is teaching this church, people are starving to death. People don't have anything. Like they have one change of clothes. You don't want to go look in our closets how many changes of clothes we have and how many shoes we have and how much food we have. I mean, it's not even comparable. So this is a real serious problem in this time. And Jesus says, take care of them. Feed them. And when you're doing it for them, who are you doing it for? You're really doing it for me. Wow. That means that, means that when we're helping someone in need, when we're showing hospitality, and we're showing it to Christ. We're showing it to Christ. The behavior of those that will be in heaven is helping those when they are in a time of need. That's what Jesus is saying. Hospitality is a very important part of ministry as a Christian. By serving others, we're serving Christ. And we're promoting the spread of God's truth. We are literally feeding and watering and clothing Jesus. Now, here's the thing. I know. I know we have to be careful not to be taken advantage of. I get it. I get that. I would say, don't go sell everything you have, okay? Because then someone's going to have to take care of you. But I would, I, if I was to have to make a judgment, a good biblical judgment on this, I would say be generous. Be more generous than withhold. Go out of your way. 
But, but in the end, if we're showing someone hospitality and we're helping someone in a time of need, we're welcoming strangers in. You know what I think of when I welcome strangers in? You know, you ever been and visited a church? I pray this has never crossed Ridge. You ever visit a church and you walk in and nobody says a word to you? You're like the outsider. Like you're not part of the crowd. It made me think of Trey. Trey and Savannah, they went to St. Louis on a little trip, him and Savannah. And they were up in St. Louis and they're like, well, we want to go. We're going to go to church somewhere today. They didn't know where to go. Well, they picked out a Baptist church. And as they're walking in, they noticed we're in a an all-African-American community. And everybody in the church is African-American. And Trey and Savannah were like, we're, we're going to leave because we don't want to, we don't know. And, and I'm like, what do you want to leave for? Go inside. They're your brothers and sisters in Christ. He's like, well, I'm just nervous. And somebody in the parking lot stopped them and said, where are you guys going? And they all had suits on and nice stuff. And Trey and Savannah are like on vacation. You know what I mean? They're wearing shorts and T-shirts. You know, Trey, just cool, slick back Mr. Surfer guy. And they're like, they're like, no, come on in and worship with us. Get inside. And Trey, went in, Trey and Savannah went inside, and they said, oh, it was awesome. We had a great worship service. You know what they showed them? Hospitality. When people walk in these doors who don't know us, are we, are we, do we go out of our way to welcome them and make them feel at home? Like, hey, we care that you're here. We care about you. If your brother or sister is struggling financially, do you go out of your way to help them? You go out of your way to make sure. And hey, for strangers, do you go out of your way? Listen, because here's the thing. I know as, as conservative capitalists, we're like, we don't want to get taken advantage of. Think of it like this. Who are they really taking advantage of? You? No. Taking advantage of Christ. Let him deal with that. Let him deal with that. We just need to be generous and show people hospitality. That's what we're commanded to do. Don't worry about it. So help people. Open your homes. Give generously. And in serving others, you know who you're serving? Christ. That's amazing. That's amazing. I close with the last verse. Not the last verse, but one of the last verses in 3 John. Uh, 3 John 11. It says, Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. You know, there's a verse, I'm not sure, it may be in James, where it says, how, how, can you, how, do, how can you love, I don't want to misquote it, I am going to misquote it, but just look it up later. Uh, how, how if you see your brother in need and you don't help him, how can, you have, how can the love of God be in you? It can't be. Hospitality is welcoming everything that God has entrusted you with, you use for his glory. Do you see someone in need? You go help them. What we can't do is misapply it, misapply this, and say, well, let's just be unruly and unlawful. No. And support illegal activity. No. No. We wouldn't do that in your home, and we shouldn't do that on our country's borders either. I'm gonna, I want to close. Uh, I'm going to ask the worship team to come. We're going to have an invitation this morning. Here's why I challenge you on this. Are you hospitable? Do you welcome people into your home? Are you, do you give freely to those in need? Do you? Because those are all behaviors when I think back of what Christ did for us on the cross. You know how many of us deserve salvation this morning? None of us. Yeah, he gave it to us. He gave us salvation. So we're about ready to take communion this morning.
Uh, and, and this invitation serves two purposes. Number one, if God's working in your life, you can let the congregation know that. Number two, we're about ready to take communion. And, and we're going to remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. And in 1 Corinthians, I always read this and I'm going to until uh, the day I die. And I'm not doing this anymore. Is in 1 Corinthians, it says, Whoever eats the bread or drinks of the cup in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. So let a person examine himself in, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. That is why many of you have weak or ill, and some have died. Here's the deal. If you are living in unconfessed, unrepentant sin against God, don't take communion this morning until you confess that sin to God. Don't take it. If you are not a follower of Christ this morning, don't take communion. We have an open communion. You don't have to be a member of this church, just that you've made a public profession of faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's the qualification. If you meet that, we welcome you to take communion with us this morning, okay? But ask our kids, just make sure you're sitting by your parents this morning. Parents, take, take charge of who takes communion and who doesn't. Um, and so we're going to have a time. If you need to come, you can examine your heart. You can do that. So if you would stand this morning, we'll have a hymn of invitation as I pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, this morning for your word. It was challenging. It brought some clarity on some subjects that are getting tossed around in our country, in our society, that just aren't right. And so, Lord, I thank you for the clarity. It's also very challenging, uh, Lord, that you challenge us to be hospitable and go out of our way and take care of people, regardless if we want to. And when we do, we're taking care of you. So I pray, Lord, that we are a church that makes people feel welcome. We don't look at people what kind of clothes they have on, what kind of car they drive, or how much money they make. We look at people like you look at them, and that's through the heart. And so, Lord, let us be that kind of church. God, I love you this morning, and I thank you. In your name I pray. Amen.
would uh, come forward this morning. You may be seated. I'm ask our elders and deacons if they would come forward. Um, Caleb, come on up here. So Thursday nights have kind of blown up at our house, and I like that um, because we talked about hosp- hospitality this morning. On, on Thursday nights, it's our discipleship night. So we have main living room, and then we have this little family room called the family room, and I call it my man cave. And on Thursday night, we have a a bunch of young men that come over to the house, and we go through discipleship. Uh, And Selena will usually pick up a bunch of pizza and pray for my grocery bill, because I have all these kids coming over. But she's about ready to start, I'm I'm just going to announce this, a, a young ladies' discipleship. So you young ladies who want to go through discipleship, Selena will be going through discipleship in the main living room with the young ladies. I got some fellas that come in on Thursday nights. Caleb is one of them that started this week. So last Sunday, we, we try to open our home a lot to young people. And uh, Savannah had a bunch of friends over. And I don't know, there was like eight or nine, ten of them that were over at the house uh, Sunday night. And we, we've gotten into this kickball. I don't know what the deal is, but they love playing kickball. It's like we're in grade school again. And they take it serious. I mean, they're hitting one another. It gets rough. But we, I cook a bunch of food, and they're playing kickball. And, and Shelby had warned Caleb here, look, you come over to Jeff's house, he's going to talk to you. And so I said, why'd you warn him? You shouldn't have warned him. Because I had the opportunity uh, to share the gospel a lot with Shelby when she was younger and had the opportunity to baptize her. And so Sunday night, me and Caleb... He got pulled aside, and we sat, didn't we? And we talked about the gospel, and I answered questions, and I challenged him. And I never asked, tell somebody to say a prayer or, you know, anything right there. I said, you think about what we talked about, and when you're at home alone by yourself, you think about, am I a follower of Christ? Have I, have I professed Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior? And so a, a day later, about 11 o'clock at night, I get a text from Caleb that says, hey, I want you to know I've professed Jesus as my Lord and Savior and put my faith and trust in him. So, Yeah. So I'm really happy for this young man, and he's coming over and going through discipleship with the other guys on Thursday nights, and, and Hunter's in there too uh, on Thursday nights. It's important to disciple your kids, and so we, we do that. And, and so, uh, young ladies, if you want to go through the discipleship book, come see Selena, okay? We can just order some more pizza. It's no big deal. We'll just keep ordering some more pizza. Uh, but Caleb, you got anything you want to say? He's going to take communion today for the first time, right? And that's awesome. You got anything you want to say? No, okay. You're scared to death, ain't you? Okay. You go sit back down, I said, Shelby, and I'll bring you up here at the end because there's going to be people who want to congratulate you, okay? All right. Uh, today, I'm excited. I always usually lead us in communion. It's good for other, these other elders to lead us in communion, so today, Mike Simon is going to lead us in communion. Uh, thank you, Jeff, for allowing me to... to uh lead communion this week. Uh, I kind of felt like I dropped the ball last week. I prayed or uh, I preached and uh, we didn't get to do communion last week. We didn't get it set up. And, and I went to Jeff and I, I talked to him about it. I said, listen, I kind of feel bad that uh, we didn't uh, get to take communion this week. I kind of felt like it was my fault. And, and I know it's a big part of uh, what we do here at Crossbridge. And so uh, communion is a time when we can remember uh, the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. Uh, and the blood that was shed on that cross. Scripture tells us in Matthew 26 that Jesus had gathered with his disciples to celebrate the Passover. Okay. Okay. 
that first one again. Yes, Matthew 26, 26. As they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Alan, you want to?
said, this is my body. Take ye and eat. Matthew 26, 27, and he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Mike, would you join us, please? Jesus said, take ye and drink. Matthew 26, 30 says, they sung a hymn, so let us sing Amazing Grace. Since we're doing VBS songs, what's the I May Never March to the Empty? The Lord's Army. He wants to do that one, right? No. Hunter, you do? Okay. All right, so here's the deal. Here's the last challenge. Maybe you're here this morning. Caleb, you can stand right there in the middle there. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, I, I just have somebody in my life that I don't know how to share the gospel with or I'm worried about how I talk to them. Here's your chance. Go get them and bring them to the park and set them at my table this afternoon, and I'll do it for you. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to them. I'm raring to go this afternoon. You know somebody, I don't care if they think they're an atheist is going to ask you all the hard questions. Let's go. Bring them. Let's go. Bring them this afternoon. Get them, and then you know what? They're going to, I will talk to them, and then they're going to hear Mike preach the gospel. So that's what the whole point of the event is, and we'll feed them a really good meal that Jody sent me pictures of this smoker. It's like stuffed with food. So we'll feed them a great meal. 
They'll get to talk to me, which will be the downfall of their day, but possibly the highlight of their eternity, right? And so get them, get them there. What I want you to do, Caleb has professed Christ as his Lord and Savior. I want you to come around and congratulate him on this and welcome him into the kingdom uh, today as we close. And this guy's been gone for like two weeks, flying around Alaska, looking at stuff, having fun. Close us in prayer, Alan. <laughs>